All right, hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now on YouTube Live. Hey, thank you for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Hey, I just want to remind everybody that this is a place where we can process freely. Everybody's going through different processes with the pandemic and, and everything else that's going on. And I just want to remind everybody that this is a place of love. This is a place of encouragement. Come on, this is a place of peace. This is the house of God where we can find refuge from all the craziness, right, that is outside uh, that we're going through. Do I sound a little loud this morning? Can you... Can you turn me down a little bit? I feel, I feel very booming, okay? Thank you. And so last, last week, we kicked off a series called Refocus, and, and we went back to the beginning of the year when I preached a message called Vision 2020, right? And the, the, the word that God gave us was we we're going to raise the bar, right? We're going to raise the bar. And, and li listen, you, you know, this year... But I've seen lots of people already giving up on this year, right? Well, 2020's over, right? Like, because everything got so derailed, right? Like, like you feel like, man, every, man, the visions and the promises, and man, I lost my job, and, and all of these things, you kind of feel like, man, 2020 has been derailed, and, and today I want to remind you that sometimes a derailment is a good thing, and it actually leads to our destiny, so the title of the message today is Derailed to Destiny. Come on, that's a good title. I'm going to be preaching good today. Come on. Come on, let's pray and get into God's word today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this moment that we can gather together as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just, we lift up every police officer and, and, and every sheriff, God, we just pray protection over their lives, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for their service, Lord. God, we just lift up all the protesters right now. God, we just pray for them, Lord Jesus, right now. God, we pray for the rioters right now, God. We just pray that peace would come over their hearts and their minds right now in Jesus' name. God, we pray over our city, Jesus. We pray over our state, God. We just ask forgiveness of all of our sin, that, Lord, you would come and you would heal our city. You would heal our state. You would heal our nation. God, we just pray for our governmental leaders. We, we pray for our president, President Trump, Lord. We just pray that you give him wisdom, Lord. God, we pray for our governor, Jared Polis, Father, that you'd give him wisdom, Father. God, we thank you for this great nation. Lord, I pray that you would unite us once again. Father, we thank you for these next 30 minutes, Holy Spirit. We just pray that we would refocus on what you have in store for our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen and amen. If there was ever a time that we need to refocus, it's now. Because the purposes and the plan, the hope and the future that God spoke in the beginning of the year, they didn't just disappear, okay? They just didn't disappear. And sometimes God will use a derailment for us to reach our destiny. 
Isaiah 43, verse 19. We talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it probably for the next several weeks. Let's go ahead and read it. Isaiah 43, 19. Isaiah says this, For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Maybe today, if you're honest, you say, Pastor, I don't, I don't see it. I see the wilderness, right? I see the wasteland, but I don't see the pathway. And I'm telling you today, the pathway is there. We just need to refocus. And yes, many of us, man, we've been derailed. Our plans for the future, we've been, it's been derailed. But I'm telling you, it doesn't have to stop. We can get back on track. God's plans for our lives, his promises for our lives never went away. We just need to refocus because the pathway is there. Even if you don't see it today, doesn't mean that God isn't doing something in the background. And over the next couple of weeks, last week we, we talked about a blind man. And we're going to be talking about different miracles, the different uh, miracles that Jesus heals blind people. And it's not just about the physical act of the miracle. It's what God is doing behind the miracle. God wants us to have something called insight, right? Last week, Jesus prayed twice for this blind guy. One, he takes him, he removes him from the crowd. He removes him from all of the noise. And he hawks a loogie in the guy's face. Not once, but twice. And he prays for the guy twice. One, the first healing was to restore his sight. The second healing was to restore his understanding. God just doesn't want us to have a, a, a purpose and a plan, but he wants us to understand. Let me give you the definition of insight today. The definition of insight is the capacity to gain an accurate and deep intuitive understanding of a person or a thing. God wants us to have insight. Yes, he wants us to understand our destiny and our purpose and the plan and the promises and the blessing that he has for our life. But he wants us to understand why he's doing what he's doing. And sometimes we don't always see it, right? Or understand what he's doing. But when we understand that, that on the surface isn't, that isn't always what is really happening behind the scenes, that God always has a plan. He always is creating a pathway in the wilderness. He's always creating rivers in the dry wasteland. And just because it feels like you're derailed today doesn't mean that God has given up on your destiny. And if he hasn't given up on your destiny, you shouldn't either. So we're going to be in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, for the rest of our time uh, this morning, and we're going to talk about another miracle where Jesus heals a blind person. Let's get into it, Mark 10, verse 46. Then they reached Jericho. Okay, so who's they? They is Jesus and his disciples. Okay, they're going from city to city. They're going from town to town. 
Then they reached Jericho. I love this. I love this. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. Okay, let me give you some context into that passage, all right? If you remember, Jericho was the was the city when, when God called his people out of, uh, out of slavery, right? They're, they were in the wilderness for 40 years, and finally they get obedient, right? Finally they get their stuff right, and Joshua and Caleb lead them out of the wilderness into the promised land. They're stepping into the promised land that God has in store for their life. And the very first thing that they come smack dab with is what? Jericho. They come face to face with something that was impossible. See, Jericho had these massive walls that could not be penetrated. And they didn't take the city with spears. They didn't take the city with bow and arrows or rocks. God called for them to be obedient and to worship. Because it was the seventh time that they were obedient as they walk around the walls of Jericho, right? And it was that seventh day, that seventh time, and they did what? They praised God. They shouted. The trumpets blew, right? And they worshiped God in that moment. And what happened? The walls came tumbling down. Listen, don't, don't disregard worship as warfare. Sometimes when our life has been derailed, sometimes when there's so much chaos and we need to refocus, sometimes we need to refocus on our worship. Who are we worshiping in these Moments. Who are we worshiping in these pandemic moments? Are we worshiping fear? Are we worshiping stress? Are we worshiping anxiety by the things that come out of our mouth? And God said, man, walk around, walk around the obstacle, right? And I want you to shout. I want your best praise. And when they did that, man, they shouted the praise and the walls came tumbling down. And so... We know Jericho is a cursed place. It's a place of darkness. And what I love about this, and if, if you're not careful, you'll skip right over this. Jesus is not afraid of cursed places. He is not afraid of dark places. I thank Jesus that there's nothing that we can do that will remove us from his love and his grace that he will always come after us. He will always be waiting for us, no matter what. And so, man, he's not scared of Jericho. He's not scared of dark places. He walks right in. And I love this passage. It literally gives us no other detail other than that Jesus rolls in and then Jesus rolls out. But when he rolls out, he rolls out with a huge crowd. Because when Jesus goes into dark places, he changes dark places into light. And people become followers. Jesus isn't afraid of your dark places today. Jesus isn't afraid of your cursed places. 
right? Jesus, when he hung on that cross, he became the curse bearer. Listen, there is no sin that is beyond the grace of Jesus. And so he walks into a cursed city. He walks into a dark city and transforms it. A large crowd is now following Jesus. Let's read the rest of that passage. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. Let's continue. So we have uh, uh, one of our main characters here, blind Bartimaeus, okay? He's sitting by the road and he's begging. Verse 47. When Bartimaeus heard, come on, that, that's important. When Bartimaeus heard, okay, he was blind, he couldn't see. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so he, he hears that Jesus is coming by, right? And he begins to shout. He begins to yell. He's saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, For we, li we live by believing and not by seeing. Just because you can't see it today doesn't mean that Jesus isn't going to make a way tomorrow. Just because you can't see how we get through all of this doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't have a plan and isn't working in the background. Sometimes this is how it works. This is how faith works. We need to believe before we see it. We need to believe that God is creating pathways. We need to believe that he's creating rivers in the desert before we, we even see it. Romans 10, 17 says this, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ Jesus. When we gather together every Sunday, I want this to be a time where our faith becomes supercharged. Right? Like, like this is a time where we gather together and we get encouraged and we experience the love of God and we walk out of this place with our faith, man, supercharged. Because, man, it, faith comes by hearing the word. And when you come and you gather together and, man, you're, you're coming, you get encouraged by the Holy Spirit. You have an encounter with God. Well, that's what changes your Monday, Right? So that's what this place is. When we gather together, we come in one accord, encouraged. And then we get sent out into the world. Faith comes by hearing. Sometimes God will speak it to you. Actually, many times, this is how it works. God will speak it to your heart before you will even see it. He's asking us to trust him, to believe him, to follow him. So here's this blind beggar. Man, he's, he's crying out to Jesus, right? He's crying out to Jesus. And look at this, Mark 10, verse 48. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
Listen, there will always be people in your life that want to keep you quiet. There, there are always those negative voices in your life that will keep, want to keep you quiet. That, and these people were like, bro, shut up. Just shut up. Like, we're trying to, like, listen to Jesus here. Like, we're fat. Like, nobody cares about your issue. Like, shut up, dude. You're interrupting Jesus. Listen, his, his disability didn't disable his desire. Even though he had a disability, it didn't disable his desire. That's what the crowd was doing in this moment. Man, they were trying to get him to be quiet. Bro, nobody cares about your issues. Nobody cares about your desires. The discouragement of the crowd didn't disable his desire. And that's what the voice, listen, the voices of the crowd in our lives, they want to disable our desire of Jesus. Our desire, our determination, right, to follow God no matter what is happening in our world. They were trying to disable. Let me give you the definition of disable. Disable means because of a disease, come on somebody, injury or accident, we become limited in our movements, senses, or activities. Let me tell you right now, Satan has been trying to disable the church. He is trying to disable God's people. He is trying to disable our marriages, our family dynamics, our careers, our finances. He's trying to disable it, and he used a disease. He used a virus to try and do it. But what does Jesus say about Satan? He says that the hordes of hell will come against the church, but they will not prevail. They will not prevail, man, as long as we stay determined that the voices, the negative voices that are trying to stop us, to trying to, to squish our desires, as long as we stay determined to focus on Jesus, nothing will disable the purpose, the plan, the destiny that he has for our lives. Bartimaeus wasn't letting anything stop him. People were telling him to be quiet. People were telling him to shut up. Nobody cares. It didn't stop his desire. It did not stop his determination to get to Jesus. Mark 10, 49. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So Jesus, listen, he's got places to go, people to meet, demons to cast out, 
people to heal. Like he is on a mission. Like he's rolling into cities like Jericho, rolling in them and then rolling out of them with massive crowds. Like Jesus has about three and a half years to change the world, okay? Like he, every day, he is on mission. And this blind guy interrupts his plans. Will you let God divinely interrupt your day? Here's a, here's a question I, I, I want us to really settle in today and, and all week. I, w- I want you to wrestle with this question. And that question is, what makes God stop? In another translation, it says, Jesus stands still. (laughs) What makes God stop? What makes Jesus stand still? He's, man, he's determined. Like he's got a destiny and he's got about three and a half years to do it. He's got places to go, people to see. And he stands still. What stops God. It's not always need. It's not always need that stops God. You know what stops God? Our desire, our determination. It wasn't Blind Bartimaeus, it wasn't his need in this moment. Like, like, Jesus wasn't looking for blind people to heal so he could get a bigger crowd. He already had a bigger crowd. God stops because of his passion. He hears the passion in this man's voice. He hears the desperation in this man's voice. He hears the determination in this man's voice. He hears his desire, and his desire cuts through the crowd, and it stops God in his tracks. Where's your desire today? Where's your passion today? Satan has tried to disable your destiny. He's tried and he's tried and he's tried, but you're here today. You're watching online today. You haven't let the devil won. What makes God stop? It's our desire. It's our passion. And so Jesus stops, right? Let's continue with the story. Jesus stops and he says, so call the blind man. And they said, cheer up. It's your lucky day. Come on, he's he's calling you. Man, you're here today. You're watching online today because God called your name. He called your name. Name. When Jesus was, was hanging on the cross, and, and man, he, he, was, he was bleeding, and, and he was in complete torment and pain. When he was hanging on that cross, he was thinking about us. He was thinking about you specifically. You're here today because God's called you 
by name. What a moment for Bartimaeus. Look at this, look at this. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. Now, everything in the Bible is in the Bible on purpose, okay? It's in there on purpose. Threw aside his coat. Why is that an important detail? It's an important detail because that coat that Bartimaeus had was government issued. It was a government issued jacket. So basically, the government recognized that the only thing that Bartimaeus could do was to beg. And they gave him a jacket. Basically, he was a certified beggar, okay? He was a certified beggar. So there was uncertified beggars too, right? And so it would, I guess it would make people feel more comfortable to give to him and not give to uncertified ones, okay? And so he literally had a jacket that allowed him to stay in his beggarness. I don't think that's a word, but it's a word today. Listen, there's always going to be people that want you to stay right where you're at. They never want you to advance in life. They never want you to get better. You ever, you ever hear the phrase, misery loves? They, misery loves it. They don't want to be miserable by themselves, right? There's a whole bunch of people breaking windows all over the United States and different cities. Misery loves company. And man, there's, there's people that just want to, you know what? The only thing you're good for is begging. Here's a jacket. Stay in your beggarness. You're not smart enough. You're not educated enough. You're not good looking enough. You don't have enough money. You don't have the right resources. Just, just stay as a beggar. Here's a jacket. So you can become a certified beggar. And there's a voices all around us that, that just want us to stay. They want us to stay in our sin. They want us to stay in our junk. They want us to stay in our anxiety. They want us to stay in our depression. They want us to stay in debt. They want us to stay in our garbage because it makes them feel better about themselves. Listen, that is not the destiny that Jesus died for for your life. That is not the destiny that Jesus died for so you could stay with a governmental jacket and be a beggar for the rest of your life. That's why when Bart hears Jesus call his name, he was like, he, he was like, get this off of me. Man, it, it's a picture of someone removing the old man saying, I want, I want the new person. I want the new destiny. I want the new plan. I want the new purpose. Man, I, I want the promises that you have for my life. And I'm shedding the old person. The old person comes off and he gets up and he runs to Jesus. Listen, Jesus is calling you by name right now in this moment. And maybe today you can't see the pathway. Maybe you, you feel disabled and, and this pandemic has just kind of gotten you off course and Man, you're just like, man, this whole year, it's been derailed. 
Come on, get back on track. Let today be the day that you get back on track. God's got a purpose. He's got a plan. He's creating pathways in the wasteland, in the wilderness. Sometimes it's as simple as readjusting what we're looking at, readjusting what we're focused on, and refocusing on the purpose, the plan, and the destiny that he has for our lives. Let's let's continue with the story. Look at this, look at this. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks. If God came to you today, right now, as we're getting ready to go into response time, respond to the Holy Spirit, and God asks you, what do you want me to do for you? What would your response be? Would it be out of need or would it be out of desire? Are you ready to answer that question if God came to you and said, what do you want me to do for you? Now, I can imagine some people in the crowd and and maybe even some of the disciples are like, Jesus, are you serious? The dude's blind. You know what I mean? Like, you know what he wants, right? What is Jesus doing here by asking him this question? What do you want? He's trying to get him to profess his desire. He's trying to get him to speak out his desire. Man, some of you, God has called you by name. He's given you visions. He's given you dreams. But you are so scared. You are so trapped. You've been in, man, you've allowed Satan to disable your dream because you're so afraid to even speak it out. God wants to know where your desire's at. What do you want? Let me hear it. What's in you? What are you passionate about? Come on, speak it out. Let me tell you, when God spoke to me several years ago, listen, my my past is that I'm a former addict, former alcoholic, big partier for about seven years of my life. And I came to Christ and God spoke to me at the end of a 21-day fast, and I was in a worship service, worshiping God, and God spoke to me, and he he called me by name to be his pastor. Listen, I didn't tell anybody for a whole year, okay? That's how much I wanted to do it. (laughs) But when I spoke that out loud, I said, man, God's called me to be a pastor. Something in the supernatural released over my life because no, it was no longer a secret. I now became accountable to the dream that God had placed in my life, the destiny that God had placed in my life. What do you need to speak out in your life? Maybe it's a place that you've locked away. Maybe it's a dark place. Maybe it's not a vision. Maybe it's not a dream. Maybe it's something that you've locked away And God just wants you to speak it out, to get rid of it. To stop it from disabling the purpose and the plan that he has for your life. Come on, you might feel derailed today, but God's got a destiny. Come on, let's finish the story. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has 
healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Okay, so we see this language. He says, my rabbi. He, he, he's saying, my teacher, Jesus, man, I believe in you. But this is what happens. This is what happens. He goes from a believer to what? To a follower. If you've come to Passionate Life Church, you know I've talked about the difference between this because the demons believe in God. And, and, and it's just not enough just to believe that God exists or, or Jesus was real, that we have to actually put our faith into action and follow Jesus. And this is what Bartimaeus does. He, man, he, he's like, I believed you were my teacher, but now I'm following you, Jesus. I'm following the destiny that you have for my life. I'm following the purpose and the plan. Man, I'm gonna live the abundant life that you've called me to live. I wanna end with this this morning. This story is actually in three different gospels. It's called the Harmony of the Gospels. And in the book of Matthew, it says that Bartimaeus isn't alone. He has a friend and his friend is blind too. And Jesus doesn't just heal Bartimaeus, he heals his friend too. And his friend goes from a believer to a follower. And that's something very interesting. Your destiny is never just about you. Your destiny is never just about you. It is always about other people. It's always about other people. And so, man, who, who are you bringing with you? Who, who are you bringing with you? Who are you bringing to Jesus? Who are you affecting in your life? Because your destiny, the promises, the blessings of God is not just about us. It's about the people that are surrounding us. It's awesome when God blesses our life, but it's not just about us being the blessing. It's us, not us being blessed. It's us being a blessing, becoming a blessing to other people. And so 2020 hasn't gotten off to the greatest start. But let me tell you, it's not how you start. It's how we finish the year. And God still has purpose. He's still got plans. He's still got a destiny for your life. Come on, let's get refocused today on all that he has in store for our lives. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning as we go into our response time. Maybe you'd say this morning, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. And I need to commit to him today. I need to become a follower of Christ today. Or maybe you'd say, Pastor, man, I've, my focus is off. And I've just, I've just been swept up in the pandemic and everything else. And I've just lost myself. And I just want to recommit my life to you, Jesus. I want to recommit my life to following you. Just ask that every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you this morning. This is your personal declaration of faith. Yes, yes, yes. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. And I just ask that you would repeat this prayer after me as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning, 
that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.